All right, welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod, and uh, this week we are getting into Ahsoka, possibly Dooku. We're going to be talking about Tales of the Jedi and uh, this new, I want to call them micro-series, micro-season. I guess all these episodes are quite short, so uh, we're going to be talking about each character's story arc uh, individually, kicking things off with fan favorite Ahsoka Tano. We got our co-host Blake returning this week and our good friend Kirk on the podcast. Let's do this. landing. Alright. Well, this week, um, I gotta say, this Tales of the Jedi soundtrack by Kevin Kiner, you know, I mean, I want to mention that is like, with a whole new Star Wars show, we get a whole new soundtrack, and it's always great. Uh, so Kevin Kiner returns for uh, this show, just as he did with The Bad Batch and Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, he's nailed all the animated shows so far, I think, except Resistance. Say, uh, was that him in Resistance? Uh, yeah, I can't remember who, who did Resistance. I, I, I don't think it was so, him, though. Okay, I wouldn't be surprised because I know that show is specifically trying to be very budget-friendly. So yeah. they might have found someone who's maybe uh, has a, doesn't have as much experience. A little see bit cheaper on the cash. wallet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, let's, uh, let's let the audience, I think, I feel like our listeners kind of know who you guys are. So uh, I feel like we, we don't need to really do the introduction thing. Uh, at first, at least at this point, we've, we've talked about Andor so much in the past. And, uh, you know, great to have you guys back on the show. We do have a quick message from Darth Maul, though, before we get started here. You can call me Lord Maul. At last, we will reveal more news on the podcast. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> thank you, Maul, uh, for coming on the show. Um, yeah, Ahsoka Tano. I mean, uh, this is a fan favorite character, and and uh, we've seen so much of this character. I, I, you know, I almost hate to say that I was more excited for the Dooku stuff, just because he's mm. such a fascinating character to me. And after all of Clone Wars, anytime Dooku's on screen, it's always such a, you know, it's such a mesmerizing kind of like soaking it all in i mean he's uh, christopher lee's awesome right oh yeah no i agree i agree entirely and seeing finally seeing qui-gon and dooku together as master and apprentice i think was something at least i know i was very excited to see was looked forward to for a long time yeah yeah absolutely for me it was it was like both storylines were awesome but uh the dooku storyline was just far more fascinating even before i started watching i was really curious to see because we hadn't really seen too much of him uh, pre-clone wars and and all that time yeah yeah exactly um i i anyone out there who wants more dooku definitely pick up the audiobook dooku jedi lost uh the animated series uh for the tales of the jedi flowed into that story really well uh really well with the narrative and um you know even though even uh, cory burton uh the voice actor behind dooku you know he returns reprises his role from the clone wars in in that uh in that respect uh, but, uh, you know, all, all respects to, uh, to Christopher Lee as well, who kind of brought that character to life initially back in, uh, attack of the clones. And, uh, you know, of course the portrayal, the performance of Corey Burton is just fantastic. Um, you know, I, I feel like it really brings Christopher Lee back to life on the screen in some magical way. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's always great to see that character, but yeah, absolutely. Did you also feel like with, um, obviously the younger Dooku look and the voice. I don't know if the voice is a little bit different, but he kind of just reminded me of Snape. I, I, I don't know why. Yeah, he just yeah he just seemed he just he, every time he spoke, that's that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what's funny about that is if you look up some 
some footage of Christopher Lee in his younger years playing in like the old Dracula movies or something. He doesn't sound quite the same as he would in more recent movies. And I don't know if that's just due to the way the microphones were done back then or if it's just the way that he aged or whatever. But yeah, just could be time, I think. Yeah. People's voices are always changing, right? So right. By the time you're a retirement age, I think you'll sound very different than when you're like in your 30s and 40s. Yeah, exactly. And and as as he aged, I found he took more time with his words and took more kind of breaths between sentences. It's, and it's more regal, right? Yeah, he almost it sounds like he's uh, more mm. regal. That's what I found. He uh, he posted a Christmas video message, which was I think it was quite long. It was uh, it was like twenty minutes or something like that. But I I, I listened to it. It was a couple of years ago. And uh, I I just remember thinking to myself, wow, he's he's getting he's getting up there. I think it was like maybe a couple months or a year before he passed away, but uh, but yeah, he definitely he was slowing down. You know, you could tell he was slowing down quite a lot. But of course, that that also has changes in your voice and everything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about Dooku. But let's let's kick things off with with Ahsoka Tano here. Um, yeah, and funny. we tease we tease Dooku and then we're going to talk about it for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I uh... <laughs> we were really looking forward to Dooku, so we're going to talk about Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> Psych, everyone. Okay. Uh, uh, so Tune this first week for Dooku, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, Ahsoka Tano, uh, the first episode in this Tales of the Jedi series uh, is called Life and Death. And um, I thought that was really just like right out of the gate. I was like, what a great title for the episode because it's such a parallel to the Clone Wars finale, which the Clone Wars finale episode was called Victory and Death. And I thought I was like, wow, that's uh, that's great. You know, like, you know, you kick things off with Ahsoka's life being like life and death. And then it just seems like, I don't know, it just seems like a little bit of a nod, you know, a little bit of a nod to like, this is the beginning of one story. That's the end of another. Right. Mm. Yeah. Um, of course, not the end of Ahsoka's story. We're gonna we're looking forward to the live action Ahsoka show next year. But uh, yeah, we got a, a glimpse at Planet Shilly, uh, which there's been a there's been a bit of a confirmed unconfirmed process about whether or not that is the homeworld of the Turgutas. Uh, it is. Oh, I had the okay. audio description on, and uh, the the uh, narrating person for the um uh the audio description actually described the village as a village on the planet Shili. so uh yeah we we got our first glimpse at uh where the the uh the species comes from which is pretty neat something that we've this never the, seen this before. is the first time we've ever seen this because i know yeah. there's a huge arc in regards in clone wars which had to do with tagruta's all uh, being enslaved and sold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Um, it was uh, in relation to the Zygerians, uh, and mm, right. and yeah, and I, I totally forget if it was just a village of people on a different planet or if they were investigating the, the Zygerians on uh, on the case of just general slavery, and then they managed to liberate a bunch of Torgutas while they were, you know, pulling that story to a close. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a good question. I'm going to have to go back and... I, I was just seeing a bunch of stuff kind of floating around saying like, oh yeah, this is our first glimpse at what might be the Torgruta homeworld. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, the village celebrates the birth of a new member to their clan, which is uh, Ahsoka Tano, daughter of Pav T, uh, voiced by Janina Kavankar. Did either of you guys play through the, the Battlefront 2 campaign at all? Aiden Versio? Yep, I did. Sure did. Great story. I recall her actually announcing that she was going to play uh, Soka's mother at, at the last Star Wars celebration here. She was pretty heartfelt about it. Yeah, very heartfelt about it. Yeah, very, uh, you know, very much a fan herself of Star Wars. And it's always great to see people like that get uh, roles within the saga, you know, just to kind of keep that true fan spirit alive in the in the performances. And, you know, it means a lot. So, um, yeah, that was really cool to see. Uh, we hear some Torgruti spoken in this episode, which is, I guess, the name of their native language. And uh, at least as far as my memory goes, we haven't really heard any Torgruti spoken before. So that was pretty neat. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't think we have either. Yeah. 
Uh, and I like that they really dove into the inspiration of their culture in this one. Yeah. I don't know if that's what you're going to get into, but we were kind of, we had glimpses, I think m- mainly in Clone Wars of seeing that they had a very, uh, almost like North American First Nations-based history, or like their cultures that way. So I think that was pretty cool to actually see the dive into that and we see kind of how the village lives and works. And then uh, seeing that there's some spirituality in there and... It kind of leads right up to when they reveal that Ahsoka's a Jedi, which it's kind of all super tied together. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I found their uh, their value of of life was very uh, resemblant of uh, how the the Navi kind of um, value life in Avatar. You know, if anyone if anyone is you know big Avatar fans out there, I mean, there's a uh, there's a huge kind of resemblance I found with the the Tergrutas and and the Navi. Um, so uh, especially the way w- when they're hunting, you know, and they, they take down the, the creature and, you know, they whisper kind of a little prayer, you know, just like a bit of a thank you for your life. That'll keep our village, you know, alive and well fed kind of thing. Right. And, you know, the fact that they don't take more than they need and, and all that stuff. It was mm-hmm. it was like very, very avatar ish to me. So, yeah. 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 It's very, very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, her mother, Pavti, tells her that she must face death and says that you must not fear it, uh, which is definitely also another uh, a bit of bit of a nod to the Clone Wars finale as well, um, and uh, you know, and the title again. I mean, uh, really, just being faced with death in the in the in the victory and death episode in Clone Wars. I mean, um, literally, last shot of her just staring at the graveyard of clone troopers, you know, um, and. You know, prior to that on the ship, I mean, she faced risk of her own life being lost, you know, when Order 66 happened. So uh, I thought that was really great. The fact that even a young Ahsoka was kind of demonstrated in this episode with just this fearlessness to her, right? It was just so cool. Yeah, like when that line was attacking, um, I assume it was Ahsoka's mother or, or caretaker. Mm-hmm. She was kind of just like smiling there and, and having a bit of a look. Didn't, she didn't look too <laughs> too phased by it at all. So yeah. I guess that was a, another indication that she had everything under control early on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of a shock when the tiger creature like takes her away because then you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, we all know that she's going to be fine, but... Um, I wonder what they're, what they're leading to with this, right? Uh, I was impressed with the dexterity of the cat because with those massive fangs and was able to just kind of like nip her, her jacket and carry her away. Didn't eat her in one gulp. Didn't just, just grabbed her and carried her off. Just (laughs) conveniently grabbed her and meticulously put her down to have a chat back at his crib later. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Cause I, at first I thought that he was carrying the infant back to feed it to like a, a cub. But there was no cub. No. He just he just wanted to enjoy his meal in peace somewhere else, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so that's something a, a dog would do. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could see, well, I don't know. It might, oh, they might also scarf it down. Remember, your dog would take no 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 time to true. eat as fast as it could so it wouldn't lose it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Afraid it would take the snack away. Yeah, exactly. So just swallow it whole. Yeah. Maybe that whole chicken wing. I remember that. <laughs> just wolfing it down. Just swallowed it, man. Yeah, cool. yeah. Like, oh, that's not good. Let that bone digest. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, I got to say that the ending of this episode surprised me. I mean, I feel like just a, a general kind of, I know these are supposed to be short. I was a little bummed that they weren't longer. Um, They're really short. Only yeah. because I love the Clone Wars animation style. I just love that storytelling. I love Dave Filoni. You know, I, I just, I love Clone Wars. <laughs> uh, so I loved the idea of this Tales of the Jedi series. I only wish it was longer. Uh, I just wish that we got more of it. And I think that's just like probably my, the, the best way I can possibly criticize this show is, yeah, is I wish I think, that <laughs> we had more of it, you know? I know, I know. And I feel like uh, the, the first thing that I did after I watched this episode in particular, and it sounds a bit weird, but I went back because I was amazed by just how great it looked. But yeah. then I went back and looked at the first, like the Clone Wars movie. Like, not, oh, not, no. I, didn't, I, I didn't watch too much of it because <laughs> I, I don't think you'd be able to. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch too again. much of it. <laughs> but but just just visually, like I, I don't even remember if I had the sound on, but I just wanted to look and reference it. And just to see how far the show has come, even compared just to season six, for example, it's it really come a long way. And I think uh, even though like the episode was a bit short, I, I wish I, there was a, a little bit more to it in terms of the story. 
I really feel like this is like great proof that that Star Wars can move forward in doing even feature films in this kind of in this kind of medium. It's just as impact, or just has a has the same impact as what it does in, in live action, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the, you know, the animated shows play such a huge part in the canonicity now. They're 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 almost nearly as as staple, I'd say, as the films. In fact, uh, you know, if it weren't for some of the more recent films undoing a little bit of story that I feel like we could have benefited from from more ties to the animated stuff. The live action shows have really proven to kind of double down on going that opposite direction of actually integrating the animated stuff a lot better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, the Ahsoka series is definitely going to be like a Rebel season five. You know, we kind of like have the hints about that with what they revealed at some of the recent conventions. Um, you know, and the fact that Dave Filoni is kind of the guy in charge of those things, there's definitely a more sense of continuity between the two, right? So uh, a lot more connective tissue there. And I feel like these animated shows, like, you know, I can't get enough of them. Um, But yeah, um, the only thing I got to say about the finale of this episode is uh, we didn't get the Plo Koon arrival on the planet and her induction into the Jedi. That was something that I thought for sure we would see and a little bit bummed that we didn't get it because... Um, I feel like the episode just ran a little bit too short. It ended off with them just saying Je- Ahsoka is Jedi, right? And then boom, yeah. like cut to black. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, I guess someone calls the Jedi order. is like, hey, you know, we got one of your own here. Uh, <laughs> come and get her kind of thing, right? Like I- I'd like to know how that yeah. conversation went down. No one wants to say goodbye to their kid, right? So I just, uh, you know, I just... Uh, <laughs> Who just shows up and robs the cradle in the yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, so I just, I have questions, right? And uh, if, if Tales of Jedi continues, I feel like it would be cool to get that story, but uh, maybe from a Plo Koon side of things, maybe that's a, a Tales of oh, yeah. the Jedi Plo Koon arc, you know? Uh, seeing as we can't really go back and just make that one longer. Um, yeah, let's get, you know, fingers crossed well, we get a know. Plo Koon arc. <laughs> maybe there'll be a Dave Filoni director's cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Dave Dave Flo director's guy, yeah. Instead of seventeen minutes, it'll be twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Extended edition. Was it just right. me? Was it just me? Was it was it a little bit weird when uh like Ahsoka came back to the the to the family and then the elder kind of reached down and said like Ahsoka is Jedi? I, I always felt like uh there's a difference between someone being a, a Jedi and just like a general force user or being force sensitive. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, maybe it's just a native user that's not a native person, they just kind of lump them all into one category yeah that's a, that's a great uh it's a great thing to point out because yeah you're totally right like i mean, I mean unless unless the torgrutas already have like this very over familiarity with with what the jedi do and like what they're like then then maybe they're a bit more kind of uh i don't know may, may, maybe they're a bit more connected to like what they're doing in the galaxy rather than some people which might not even know what a jedi really does you know yeah it's it's weird because we're now stuck in the middle of like two different ideas because originally it was everyone this is what was in the prequels everyone saw saw force user or a lightsaber and immediately said oh it's a jedi yeah so even if it was a sith they would assume it was a jedi because that was just this what people knew across the galaxy Mm -hmm. but now we're learning in the sequels there's all these other different force wielding groups but no one ever seems to ever think of them just like yeah, which, yeah. which is it? Yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like shouting. Oh, look! It's a force-sensitive person. Is <laughs> yeah, not as yeah. cool as like shouting. Oh, Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like I feel like that's just a thing, right? Like someone can be force-sensitive and they don't need to be a Jedi. But of, of course, like being outside viewers of this greater story, like we have kind of a different perspective on kind of how things are perceived. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe just the way that she says. Ahsoka is Jedi. Maybe that's what leads to them, uh, maybe calling them up and just saying like, "Hey, we got we got someone for you," kind of thing. Like, it would be our honor to kind of send our our newest member of the the clan into your order to keep the galaxy safe or something. Like, I have no idea. Is it is it majority of the time that the case? I felt like more often the Jedi you know, caught word that there was a force sensitive or they would yeah. sense it and they just kind of showed up at your door and like, we're taking your kid. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I, I kind of thought too. And the way that Ahsoka puts it to in the clone wars, uh, I forget who she's speaking to, but she says, 
Plo Koon was the one who found me or or discovered me, Master Plo, right? So mm. it's in the it's in the first season, like it's in the season in which Plo is is uh, he he's in, trapped in that escape pod with those with those clone troopers right after the malevolence yeah. kind of blows up, and uh, it's it's like a rec- rescue mission to try and find him, right? Right, so, yeah, and there's all the space combat with the clones and all. Yeah, yeah, and Ahsoka's like suits. really uh, like emotionally attached to trying to find Master Master Plo, right? So I just I just thought to myself like, oh, okay, so maybe she was force sensitive. Maybe the the like maybe he was just at the right place at the right time, and like he found her and brought her back to the temple, right? So that's what I always thought. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe this new story kind of adds a little more to that. And uh, we just don't know the full story still, <laughs> even though this is kind of supposed to add more. <laughs> Season Maybe. two is coming. Season two. Yeah, here we go. Um, Maybe she gets like kidnapped or they move off world or whatever. And then yeah, like, maybe literally finds her, right? Right. She gets lost. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's great. It's great. What, uh, yeah. Thinking outside do the box feel, with that one. Yeah. Do we feel that we might get um some ahsoka flashbacks when it comes to the ahsoka show next year i feel like we won't but maybe maybe hmm. we could get some information on her if we get yeah so anakin that'd be so cool that would be really cool um so my speculation at least is we won't flash back farther than her time in rebels yeah, I think that's likely. that's that's my suspicion. Because yeah. it'd be a whole different costume and like a whole it, it'd be a different I think age. It's, it's hard. Right? Yeah, it'd be harder to do. Yeah. yeah, like I feel like they got away with it with Obi Wan and Anakin because they all had to do was put Hayden Christensen in, in a robe. They didn't even like de-age him. They just put him in, right? Yeah. So Ahsoka would be a lot more of a challenge. It'd have to be integral to the story, I would think, if that's if that happens. Yeah, and Rosario Dawson, like she's, I think she plays an amazing, wiser Ahsoka. Um, and we're I an Ashley team here. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I, no, I, she's I great. She's great. Yeah, I, I do agree that I think Ashley plays an amazing Ahsoka for in her uh, like in her younger years and when where she plays. Um, but mm-hmm. like I don't like I don't see Rosario being able to play that younger Ahsoka. It right. just doesn't. Like it just doesn't make sense, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, I feel um, like I, I just feel like no amount of de aging and just like um, right. also uh, Ahsoka in the in the Clone Wars animated series, like she's a lot more of a smaller figure as well. Mm-hmm. She's so very like, skinny, yes. Yeah, she's very very small and 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 stuff. So yeah, I don't really see them going back that far. I think they'd is... have to cast a kid, like a child actor, to do that. Someone. Yeah, up to like fourteen. Yeah, but then if you do that, like you can't not have Ashley's voice. So right, <laughs> maybe, maybe they dub over thing. it. Yeah, yeah, I'd th- be okay with that. Doing like a lip sync with Ashley Eckstein. That would be kind of cool, actually. You know, I I don't know, maybe, or even I, I would say I would say even get Ashley Eckstein in the costume. I mean, she's quite small and like still has you know the voice and everything. But yeah, they would have to do some de aging and some makeup because I don't think she can quite. I don't know. She like I guess yeah like guess everyone she gets older do. right like everyone's mm-hmm. aging right. and so yeah I guess the voice they could do they did it for Luke at least and he sounded pretty flawless mm. true in terms of uh in in terms of them just dubbing over the the mouth movements but anyway I, I'm also just looking forward to continuing Ahsoka's story during that during for that, sure uh, series and the flashbacks we can reserve it for another Tales of the Jedi season absolutely <laughs> um. Episode two, it's called Practice Makes Perfect. So we flash forward in Ahsoka's life to, um, and mind you, this is episode uh, five out of out of six. So we're kind of, we st- we kicked off the season with the first Ahsoka episode. Then we had the, the Dooku trilogy uh, of episodes, and then we get the last two Ahsoka episodes. So I don't really, yeah. I don't really know if they were trying to, do that just in terms of like chronologically, chronological, but it yeah. still doesn't really quite make any sense because she's definitely not born before before Obi-Wan becomes Qui-Gon's apprentice. Like, you know, I just feel like there's a bit of a weird timing disconnect there. Cause uh, yeah, I didn't get it either. It yeah. felt like they started and then they switched ideas and then tagged it on at the end. I don't know. 
they're, I'd rather them just been groups of three, honestly. Yeah, I would have been fine with that, right? Like, because they're all kind of just spaced out in time anyway. So, like, it's just, you know, like, it was a little confusing to just kind of go hopping around all over the place, but... I would say the Dooku stuff's more confusing because you can't tell his age difference except for the length of his beard. <laughs> well, the the timing of events, though, they do a good job integrating the events in the episodes to kind of let you know when things are happening, but... Uh, but yeah, for the Ahsoka ones, uh, I was I was just a little little confused why the first one was at the first part of the season and then the last two were kind of much later. But whatever, you know, I'm you know I'm not like complaining. It's just it was just a bit strange. It was um, very uh, Clone Wars on brand. I mean, yeah, you have, to, <laughs> you have to whip out those like guides to figure out like which episodes are in chronological order. Otherwise, if you yeah. watch it on Disney Plus, it's all over the place. So maybe they would just be like, you know what, we're just gonna. Bring back the old days. I feel I feel like Dave walks in the room after the whole season's complete. Like, all right, Dave, we're ready to push it to, uh, out to Disney Plus. And you're like, uh, no, you guys, we gotta roll the dice and no, you know decide which him. one comes before that one. <laughs> that was George Lucas's call. They're probably like, hey George, what order would you release it in? You're like, oh, that one. And no, then out of order. And then you gotta you gotta there. you gotta mix it up. You know, like a salad. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta there stir it go. up. Make a we'll stew. Put the finale, straight at episode one. Finale at the start, then the first episode <laughs> at the end. Oh, man. Like, George, can we start with the last one first? Nope, nope. It's gotta be in the middle. Gotta be in the middle. <laughs> be in the middle. <laughs> right in the middle. Just get that one first. Then they'll, they'll have questions, and you can answer them later, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, George, what would we do without you? Oh, well, I love George. All right. Um, Anakin watches a young Ahsoka fight training remotes, and uh, Obi Wan has his mullet back. <laughs> But why? Yeah, that, that why? Glorious. I mean, I love the mullet, but I mean, why? I mean, at the beginning of the Clone Wars, he doesn't have the mullet. He's got his yeah. little his Episode Three That's look, right. right? Then Ahsoka yeah. becomes Anakin's Padawan, right, and on Christophesis. And now we're going backwards. We're giving him the longer hair, but this yeah. episode takes the place after. So there's a he's bit got of the a, old costume. Yeah, yeah. They have the armor pieces, but like he's got the. He's got the mullet, right? So I, I, I think they uh, did yeah. it just to do the mullet. I think they literally just wanted the mullet just to kind of let people know visually this takes place closer to that episode two kind of time frame. And it's I know it's a bit of a retcon based on the, the mm. model that we had in the early Clone Wars seasons, especially when Ahsoka becomes Anakin's apprentice on Christophsis. But at, at the same time, it's like, you know what? I can get by it. It's not a huge deal, like whatever, right? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's so it's so funny because uh, the way that Clone Wars is animated, all the hair is joined together. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Single mesh. Only one's mullet is like an entity in itself. It just like moves <laughs> all together. It's like it's like, just jiggles, jiggles around. Yeah. Like, the first, like when he came onto frame, and they like, I think it was in the in the uh, induction session or or Ahsoka's trial. That's like the first thing I noticed. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, there's, there's the mullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same thing yeah it's, it's very uh, in your face i love it i feel like for you, some people though who wouldn't have seen a clone wars or maybe it's been a while like it, it doesn't really need to make a whole lot of like connection to like it's not i don't know it's not like i'm throwing this episode in the clone wars timeline mix of like chronologically to order you know throw that episode in for that show then you go back to clone wars show and keep watching like, then it gets really confusing so i feel like they were just like you know what we just need a visual cue to let people know this is oh, when man. this moment of this episode takes place and then when we flash forward later and you know we get the the new models without the clone wars but, armor then then it's later yeah. right like but, you were saying, it, it doesn't make sense with the fact that no, the movie comes before it and his hair tears short. Exactly, yeah. Here, here's my theory. I think Dave Filoni always wanted the mullet, but George wouldn't let him have it. And this was his chance. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, we're doing it. George is here. We're Clone doing Wars. the mullet. Clone Wars Season 8, Return of the Mullet. Now we're yeah. Revenge of the mullet. Revenge it's really interesting mullet. because here, here in Australia, at least, every single person, all I reckon, like eighty percent, from seventeen to like twenty-one, every guy has a mullet. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's. I don't know how much contribution. Right, a passage. Yeah, I don't know how much contribution Obi Wan has to this, but the last two, three years, it's become so popular. It's like the '80s down here. <laughs> That's again That's what great. it reminds me. Well, of. maybe, maybe it's because of Star Wars. It was, it was yeah. shot in Australia, right? Maybe that's maybe it true. set a trend. It was like I, I want to be like that guy. Obi Wan Kenobi. Let's do it. 
<laughs> that's true yeah rocking your yeah. mullets ever since 2002 <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh so this is um ahsoka has a unique costume uh in this training episode at the beginning it's not the tube top that we've seen in clone wars before it's more of a more of a complete vest it's got some white underneath it um it was it was interesting that they chose not to use the tube top ahsoka that we saw for like two and a half seasons of Clone Wars. I mean, we just talked about the mullet thing, but w- which was maybe just a choice of like visual cue for timeline. But uh, the costume for Ahsoka, like that was a bit of a different story. I thought that was a little curious of a choice as to why they would kind of go in a completely different direction with, with that. Um, and to me, that just didn't really make a whole lot of sense. So I was just wondering what you guys thought on that. I didn't notice, honestly. I wasn't paying like lots of attention to her costume. <laughs> yeah, any any thoughts, Kirk? Oh, oh can't. you're muted. Can't hear Kirk. Okay, I'm back here. Uh, <laughs> I noticed, I noticed uh, like a small difference, but um, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't too noticeable. It's the colors. Are the I, same. I feel like the, the colors are the same. I feel like it could have just been like a training outfit or or something, and. I guess uh, one thing uh, I find in in Clone Wars is that throughout the entire show and, and in Star Wars as well, the, the characters quite often just stay in the exact same outfit. So mm-hmm. I guess it's, it's fair they to assume they don't do laundry, or they only yeah, have right. like we open their closet and it's just all the same. It's like yeah, Lando, exactly. Lando's cloaks. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Terry, so, uh, oh go yeah. ahead. Go so, ahead. Uh, so like long story short, I feel like it, it could have just been like a different outfit, but yeah. Um, Terrace Anube, we've seen his corpse in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, and uh, he was most known from the Clone Wars episode Lightsaber Lost, which is when Ahsoka loses her lightsaber. This really slow turtle Jedi kind of helps her track it down, and he's actually got the f- he's got the first white lightsaber that we saw in an animated show. Um, he, pull- oh. he pulls it out of a cane and he lights it up. So to me, I was also a little confused when I noticed that the blade was blue. And I thought to myself, that's uh, that's not his lightsaber color. Like, that's that's a little strange. Um, I know it was from behind a blue kind of laser wall, so maybe something weird in the rendering side happened with his lightsaber being white and it just turned blue. Um, but I thought that was at least worth mentioning just because, um, you know, he's kind of one of those very few people so far that we know he's got a white lightsaber. And I didn't uh, even know that. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it must have been a while, though, since you've seen that episode. So. Yeah, but I've seen it like four or five times. <laughs> I've never noticed. He whips it out very briefly. Like, he doesn't use it until, like, the very, very end when he arrests that, that lightsaber thief, and then that's it, right? So we don't really okay. see a whole lot of it. Um, we got a young Caleb Doom in this episode, which is pretty sweet. Uh, Kanan Jarrus from Star Wars Rebels. You see him in the background. He's the young apprentice that kind of goes, yeah, like when Ahsoka's training. That was pretty like, cool. Did we? Yeah, I yeah. Completely missed, I completely yeah, missed so that. Yeah, so he is the kid that, that's on the sidelines on the bleachers, and he's watching Ahsoka train. That's Kanan Jarrus. And, um, you know, it's there's like some people saying he shouldn't be there. He's a slightly too it's slightly too early in the timeline to kind of have him as an apprentice. He technically should be maybe like a youngling at this point. And then towards the end of the clone wars, that's when he's like a new apprentice. Um, And that's when the order 66 happens. So he's not really supposed to be trained as an apprentice throughout the three years of the clone wars, um, at least as far as my understanding goes. But, uh, but I guess maybe they decided to throw it in there just kind of, because you know uh, it'd be cool to have kind of a nice cameo in there so um yeah i don't know again we don't know yeah. when this episode takes place in the in the early of the clone wars in fact we don't even know when in that three-year timeline how all the episodes in that multi-season show fit in like it might be right, possible right. that four through the end or three through the end takes place within the last like six months right in the first two seasons the first couple of years i have no idea um but oh, yeah because it is it during the time jump yeah like yeah that's the thing right because because like after season three at some point the models changed and all of a sudden everyone looked older and different so it's really tough to determine how or when 
all of these episodes actually happen in the three years of the Clone Wars. And uh, yeah, and it, it, we don't know when this, we know it takes place closer to episode two, but we don't know how far, how close it actually is because uh, it could be after season one at some point. So yeah. Do I'm we wish that. that- they they put in the dates like they did in Andor for the first time. That'd or be cool. Do we prefer, yeah, I yeah. Mean, or do we prefer that like this just is like general, or well, we can assume and leave it up to assumption that it's uh, given in, in a specific time period? You like suggesting that for for like future future animated shows kind of thing, like whether or not whether or not I would like that. Like, I feel yeah. like it, it gets too complicated because like you have to do every episode and try to explain like. This was 235 days after the Battle of Yavin. <laughs> yeah. 65 days before we found out the Empire was starting Death Star 2. You know, when they reveal the title card, I wouldn't be opposed to some sort of small date as a text line underneath somewhere. Like maybe like give us some sort of like something BBY. It, that's fine. Like it, that wouldn't bother me at all. I thought it was kind of neat when they put that in Andor, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows? I'm also going to say, I feel like they don't want to do that because they have room to slide things around if they wanted to. That's that's the thing. Right. And that's kind of, kind of what I'm getting at is like, they've, they've, they've got the freedom right now when they don't, when they're really ambiguous with things, like they have this creative liberty to like then change things later. And then it makes it less kind of hard edge where retconning this right so it's more of like a soft line um and i think that's kind of the idea is that there's room to yeah. breathe there's room for more stories so yes yeah, it's kind of keep slotting more stuff in yeah they don't want to box themselves in yeah um uh, we've seen anakin just dominate the training remotes in the anakin and obi-wan comic uh he clearly doesn't think it's a challenge for ahsoka and thinks that she could take on something more difficult so he gets uh, Rex and the 501st clones to train her with stun blast in a circular formation around her at the clone bar- barracks. And um, he, uh, he says droids are predictable. He wants her to be ready for just about anything. And uh, I thought this is not something Obi-Wan would do. He would just go with the flow. He's a council member. He follows the rules, you know. Um, that's what he did right that's the training that anakin did too he yeah even yeah and anakin was just too good for it right like like we've seen him kind of just in the comic he's just like freaking dominating right and like showing off doing backflips and he, he got scolded for it um <laughs> i mean like it was uh it was kind of a funny moment in the comic book but i thought it was interesting that they rolled that into this show and you know it, it brought me back to a clone wars quote which i thought was really like the most critical um flashback for me in my head um in relation to what this episode was trying to do uh, which was trying to demonstrate why ahsoka survives in the first place like why she actually yeah. lives order 66 right and Did you ever um, question that though when you watched the final episode of clone wars where you think oh no wait ahsoka could never be able to do that no, and and here's why. Uh, in the Clone Wars movie, the the glorious uh, movie that Kirk, you were just talking about earlier, um, there's a there's a oh sorry, you muted again, man. Um, the, is it the movie that uh, Martin Scorsese uh, labels the cinema? Is, yeah. is that one? <laughs> <laughs> he probably is. Um, no, that's my guess. I, uh, I I I there's a quote that Anakin says after she saves his life um in in Christophsis, she like pulls a wall down on top of a bunch of droids and he like you know he's like super mad about it because like he's like oh i could have been killed and um uh she, he says uh when they're sitting on a bench together he says uh, you're reckless little one uh, you never would have made it as obi-wan's padawan but you might make it as mine and then and then she kind of looks over at him and she's like he's like all right come on let's go and then i was like oh, that's such a great quote because it really demonstrates that he's not the norm. You know, he's not your average Jedi master. He's not, he doesn't even want a Padawan, but it's his responsibility to keep her alive. And he kind of mentions that in this episode. And I thought it was so unorthodox for a Jedi to actually have clone troopers train a Padawan. Yeah. And I feel like that is such a core reason for why she lives in the first place. Cause she knows how those clones fight. You know, she knows uh, she's been trained to fight them literally and uh, I thought it was such a great demonstration, furthermore, on top of what we already know from her from Clone Wars, why she's able to make it. Mm, yeah. That makes sense. And I also like the uh, the kind of the 
the line drop where Tolkien's like, why do I need to do this? Clones are so much better than droids. Yeah. <laughs> just to show just like droids are really garbage. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And it, and it makes me really think that like post, uh, po post Vader passing away and like, uh, and like the end of Return of the Jedi and even with Luke, I feel like Ahsoka is still the best lightsaber swordsman in in the galaxy even with luke around mm. i don't know if that's like a hot topic but i feel like she's had so much more like combat experience with lightsabers and lightsabers over the years she's been trained by anakin and she's obviously a lot older than luke as well but uh yeah it kind of made me it kind of made me step back for a little bit because i was like wow this this whole time i've been thinking you know luke's the most powerful jedi during that time period but I really feel like Ahsoka probably has the upper hand in terms of that. And uh, this episode really kind of showed a bit more of where it kind of comes from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a good question, though, because who did Luke train from, right? Instead yeah. of self taught Maybe Ahsoka trains him. Maybe that's something that happens. Maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get glimpses of that in the next Mandalorian season or cool. something. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that before. Or in the Ahsoka show, maybe. Yeah, potentially, yeah. too. Yeah. When when is the Ahsoka show set in? Do we know what time period it, it's uh, post Rebels? So Man. it's it's yeah, it's post Rebels, which Rebels um, flashed forward to right after Return of the Jedi at some point, but it's pretty vague as to when after Return of the Jedi. So maybe it's going to flash back to after Return of the Jedi, fill in some gaps yeah. similar to like how Boba Fett did it, and then bring us up to speed with where we are in her appearance in the Mandalorian and then just kind of carry the show forward from there. Do we so. want it to be that far ahead or are we better off starting earlier and just going from there? If like we're getting a second season jump. for Ahsoka, I'd be fine the whole show taking place before Mando. But if yeah. there's no second season, then I'd be fine with the flashbacks just to kind of fill us in, you know? Yeah, um, there's sense. a lot we don't we know. We know that the flashback was to show that they're going to search for Ezra. Right? Yeah, yeah. The so is, that's the flash forward. Yeah, the flash, flash forward, forward moment. Sorry, yeah. flash forward. Yes, and we also know that at that point, it seems like they're leading up to Thrawn is also alive, and we've been speculating that Thrawn's going to be the big bad for all the different Disney Plus series coming together. Mm -hmm. uh, so universe, it's all coming together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's going to be the Disney Plus version of Endgame for Star Wars. So it seems like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah really it's like it's like how they're doing the how they were doing the 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 marvel netflix shows you know like daredevil jessica jones luke cage and then they pulled off the defenders which kind of like brought it all okay. together sort of thing um but yeah i don't know i mean uh i guess we'll we'll have to we'll have to wait and see but i, mean, I have expecting to hear i think this. it seems likely like especially because everyone loves thrawn and I can't see them only ever using him in Rebels. Like, and he was, it was such a good response to him in Rebels. And he's the best villain to have. <laughs> I just had to play that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. He's such a great villain. Um, you know, we're all really looking forward to Thrawn. That's going to be so cool. Uh, and let's not forget Mary Jade. <laughs> Mary Jade. Let's, let's bring back Mary Jade. Can we get a confirmed actor for Thrawn in the end? So, the I think it's just a I don't know if it's a rumor or if it's confirmed, but it's Mads Mikkelsen's brother who voices oh, him right. in the show. But yeah. I don't know if he's actually reprising his role in live action or if it's going to be somebody else. But we'll I guess we'll his see. Name's, his name is Sads Mikkelsen, right? Sads, Mads Mikkelsen, yeah, Lars. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I don't know actually. It's been a while since I was like you know looking at all this Thrawn stuff, but uh, I guess we'll find out. Uh, yeah, coming up quick now, right? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be crazy. This episode ends off with a bit of a crossover from the season finale episode of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, which is victory and death. Um, and uh, when the clones are awaiting Rex and Ahsoka in the big hangar on the Venator class ship. And Rex says, let's hope all that training pays off. It's not Clone yeah. Wars footage, um, but the dialogue that he has when they walk through the door, he says, hold your fire. And that yeah. is the same line. So okay, it's, it's... I wonder this. Yeah. Because I thought it'd be super cool if he had already said that in like, the show. That would have been really cool. cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, that would have been really cool. I thought I thought it was neat at least that they extended that scene just very briefly, just to kind of like give us a little bit of like, oh, this is what happened right before they walk through the door, like right before they kind of like play along with the trap. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was really neat how how he kind of has a piece of dialogue there that really plays homage to that entire episode of the Tales from the Jedi. So that was really really neat. Um, final episode is Resolve, and. Um, I'm just going to start off by saying this. There's some things I love about this. There's some things that I really didn't like about it. Um, and uh, we'll get to those things. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, I, I'm kind of curious about you guys' thoughts as well. Um, it's more towards the end. But we kick things off. Really cool stuff. We kick things off with Padme's funeral. Uh, Timeline-wise, this works uh, 100% because the flash-forward events of Re- Revenge of the Sith uh, that happened make this possible. Um, she did have time to get to Naboo in the following days after she and Rex got away from that dustball planet after the purge happened. Um, just the order of events with with the construction of the Death Star, the delivery of the twins to Tatooine, like the whole end of Revenge of the Sith, the timeline wise is very like vague and ambiguous. And, like we don't really know exactly. Right. Like it, it doesn't all happen yeah. like the regular Which cut is of the funny movie. Because when you watch it, it feels like that's what it is. It's just like everything's kind of back to back, yeah. you know, like within a few days, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the very end of the movie is so different from the rest of the pacing of the other of the films. Uh, really bringing that six movie saga to a close, right? Like it was kind of the, the final stamp on the on the envelope. And um, Padme's funeral, such a sad kind of dreary moment i thought it was such a beautiful thing that she was there that she made an effort to like be there and bail organa kind of confronts her about it and asks like why did you like you're risking everything being here like why are you here and she says like she was my friend and you know a a jedi is not really one to have many friends um but we know that rex anakin and padme mean a lot to her right and and probably the only the three biggest people in her life that really do mean a lot, you know. Um, and on top of that, she was trained by Anakin, and this is something Anakin always struggled with. So she's going to have some attachment issues too. Yeah, yeah, and and being being Anakin's apprentice, she would have spent a lot of time around Padme. There's there's quite a few arcs in which her and Padme go off on their own, you know, do their own thing, or or, uh, um, you know, she's just she's Anakin's apprentice, right? Like you know, naturally she would just kind of be exposed to um, hollow calls and whatever, random visits or whatever. Who knows, right? So um, I thought it was kind of a really nice thing that she showed up at, at the funeral. And Bale gives her a calm device to let her know that, you know, she can, she can do right by the people of the galaxy, hold her duty and obligation when, when she's able kind of thing. And I thought it was really neat that he was able to have that conversation with her uh, while talking to the clone troopers. And yeah, uh, <laughs> just like the clone troopers. And the clones like, be so confused. Yeah, yeah. If you ever need anything. Be sure to call. <laughs> the clones are probably uh, like, uh, what? <laughs> I love, uh, I love the like the details of the animation. They like because you obviously can't tell what facial expressions the clones are doing, but right. like just the way their their head moved and everything is just like, yeah, this yeah. is really the, confusing. Yeah, the small cock of their head kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like this old guy's gone on a walk into a restricted <laughs> yeah. area and he's 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 losing his marbles. He's got no idea what is going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought it was so. Good. So neat. Um, on uh, so this is we flash to a planet um, which in the audio description or on screen we don't get the name to, but we actually know the name because this second half of the episode takes place around yeah around a, an event that happens in the Ahsoka novel written by E. K. Johnston, and this book has been under fire a lot with the more recent additions to canon in the animated shows. And um, I'm going to start off by saying Clone Wars finale, the duel between her and Maul overwrote every single piece of dialogue and, and flashback stuff that that book gave us um, as an Easter egg at the beginning. And throughout the book, there was like these flashback interludes that gave us glimpses at the Battle of Mandalore at the end of the Clone Wars. This was when Clone Wars was canceled and there was no plan to finish it, Right. So that book came out, filled in the gaps. We all kind of knew what happened between her and Maul so that we would kind of understand the the Rebels' moments better, right? And then Clone Wars got renewed, Clone Wars got finished, and the dialogue and the events and whatever got kind of changed so that 
you know, the characters weren't saying the exact same things as were quoted in the book and all that stuff. And um, I thought, okay, well, it kind of sucks. But at the same time, like, you know, it kind of makes sense, I guess. Besides, and it was let's just admit, a, let's admit, it, you preferred to see the animated. Yeah, movie. of course. Yeah, I would have preferred. Yeah, I prefer the the. You know, yeah, I can just rip out those pages and <laughs> be done with it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, you know, I totally. Yeah, exactly. This, however, I had a bit of a bigger problem with, um, because it not only negates the novel, it negates the um, the Darth Vader comic books, which had established oh. visual look for all of the Inquisitors, at least um, a majority of them. And in addition to that, also didn't it also went out of its way further with the majority of the events. It still stuck to the basic points, similar to the Kanan redo of the origin redo in in Bad Batch. It it totally went in a different direction from the original comic, but it kind of kept the basic steps right. So um, they didn't mention that this was Rada, but it it is Rada is like a farming planet that Ahsoka kind of seeks refuge on to get away from, um, you know, the empire. And she goes by the code name Ashla. They kept all that very consistent. Um, Ashla is the original name for the force, uh, once upon a time before George kind of rewrote the script multiple times. And, uh, she saves a farmer from hail bays, uh, toppling over onto her. And it seems that her brother has ratted her out to the empire. Uh, an inquisitor shows up, they fight. She beats him really fast Bale picks up her and the farmers. They have a small, you know, discussion about her kind of coming back and helping the rebellion or whatever, right? And the village is destroyed. So the... I was trying to remember how this progressed in the novel because uh, I haven't read it y- since it came out. Yeah, so the novel went like this. Basically, she ends up on Vrata, right? She befriends uh, a farmer. Her name is Caden Lart. And... um she is a bit of a rebel. Her and some of the villagers take uh, take uh, take up arms on Rada in an assault on a local imperial base, which has established itself on the planet. And that result uh, that results in in some danger in which Ahsoka uses her powers to save Caden and some of the people, and it essentially reveals herself to the Empire in that event. Um, which is why the Inquisitor shows up, which happens to be the sixth brother. And if anyone knows what the sixth brother looks like from the Vader comics, he's very different looking than the Inquisitor that we got in this show. Um, He's like a green skinned guy with a helmet that has like these fang things coming down over his face and very different character visually looking. Right. And so, that's why he shows up because word gets out within the empire and uh, you know uh, a jedi just saved a bunch of rebels uh, as we were about to you know kick their butt when they came to attack our base kind of thing and that's kind of why the inquisitor shows up wrecks the village you know nearly kills a bunch of people but ahsoka steps into place the way that he dies was also different um she reaches out through the force and uh it, it's kind of weird what happens like her touch to the to his lightsaber hilt cracks it, and it basically blows up in his face, like leaving just like nothing left of his face. It was actually quite a, uh, a um, vivid, vividly gross death, um, but it was cool. And the only thing different about that was in this version, she steals the Inquisitor's lightsaber and cuts off his head, which somehow disintegrates beneath the mask. And uh, and we assume yeah, the mask like deflates. Yeah, and like, like he was. He was just a balloon animal. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I hope people don't like um, think that this is the same thing as like the Jedi's bodies disappearing into the Force because that could be misinterpreted oh, very yeah, differently. Very true. Very true. Yeah, and then finally, they didn't show something that I thought they would show, which is the Inquisitor's lightsaber that shows up to kill her. She uses those crystals in that hilt to make her white lightsabers, and um, yeah. They didn't show that, and I was very surprised as to why they didn't do that because maybe, again, it might just be like a running short on time sort of scenario. But, Blake, I know you read the Ahsoka novel. Kirk, did you have it? Did you read this at all back when it came out? I I haven't read it, so a lot of it's it's catching up for me, but no, I haven't had the chance to read it yet. 
Okay, so I think it's the only novel that has basically been entirely removed from canon, even though it was yeah. advertised as like the first canon novel. Yeah, basically. because this episode, so like the Darth Maul flashbacks, I can get by. We're talking about like two pages of like interlude s- stuff, and then that's it. But this entire episode essentially overwrites massive plot lines and entire chapters in the Ahsoka novel. So I guess my question to the room and to just our audience, you know, feel free to send in an email, voicemail. Like, I'd actually like to hear a lot of opinions on this. But, like, is it a good idea to just accept kind of the creative liberties that they make with the animated shows in favor of overwriting what we know as canon from the books. Then we're just back to George if, Lucas canon. Theory. Exactly. Yeah. If we consider the book canon as actual canon in terms of like patching up plot holes and storylines and stuff that we might be, what, what we, what we might have questions to that the films give us. Like we were just mentioning like um, shadows of the Sith, you know, that novel that finally kind of, kind of fills in some gaps from the sequels with Ray's origin and, you know, the Luke and Lando thing from episode nine, like all that stuff. Um, we rely on things like the books to kind of fill in the gaps. But what happens when we get a story like this, which, you know, I love the whole thing and it was great. But like, I just have kind of concerns like, where's the canon going to? Because I thought the whole initiative was was really to kind of keep things consistent. Right. And uh, even Ewan McGregor said when he was talking about Obi-Wan on his press tour for the show, um, the details in anything like a video game can't be too different from that of, uh, uh, of the films or the shows. Right. And and I felt like even the actors know this, right? Like, like, so. Yeah, they do. I I feel like there is always going to be some type of canon hierarchy when it comes to storytelling, just Mm -hmm. because there's so much content out there. And I also feel that, I don't know whether or not it may have been an oversight because obviously Dave Filoni is pretty aware of a lot of the Star Wars content outside of what's been shown on on the big screen or on on TV. Mm -hmm. But I I definitely feel like there is an element to that the the story team look at and say, hey, how many people have consumed this and and Mm. what's the negative impact for us overriding the story and is this this more of an interesting kind of compelling arc? Which is really interesting. Yeah, which is really interesting that you found that part of the the show um, not as not as compelling or not as great because from my perspective, I haven't seen um, I haven't read the Ahsoka novel, but I still had some not great reactions with this episode. But on a completely different perspective, being the fact that I felt the whole story arc of her going to that farming town and you know revealing her force powers a little bit, them being dubbed on, I feel like that story has been done quite right. often yeah like the whole of yeah. season seven her arc with the sisters was was pretty much that so i, I really felt like that for a 17 minute episode again visually great I, I enjoyed seeing it but like for me it's like i've seen this before and she also kind of revealed her force powers for a bunch of hay falling on a, a child mm-hmm. and I, i'm not a farmer but if it was rocks and stuff okay <laughs> yeah. But like uh, it, just, it just seemed kind of weakly done in, in the story. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, but I, I, I totally, like, I um, totally agree. Um, I think the 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 funeral stuff was cool. I feel like when it cuts to her on Rada, we could have skipped the whole ordeal with her saving the farmer. You yeah, know, absolutely. all that stuff with her eating dinner with them, like all that stuff. Like I feel like that was just kind of wasted time. We could have skipped all that stuff. Just cut right to the fight where they're just you know, she's just in mid battle now with the inquisitor, right? We know who the inquisitors are, right? Like they've been around for a while. They've been in Kenobi. They've been in rebels. They've been in comic books. They've been in novels, you know? So I don't think there's any question as to like, Oh, who's that guy with the lightsaber? Um, I would have like kept the design the same as the sixth brother. I would have kept the dialogue as close as possible to the novel. And then I would have been happy. Right. And there were still would have been time with cutting out all that farming stuff. There, was, there still would have been time to give context to the fight and have Bale show up and maybe even throw in the the lightsaber purifying moment because that would have been really cool on screen. We've never seen that on screen before. That would be cool. So, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, I really feel like with these short episodes, they really, if they want to continue with the second season, they really need to look at what is in the actual show in terms of the writing and say, does this add value 
to the character and does it add depth to the character and give us a yeah. better understanding of their motivations and everything. And I feel like everything else in the show, like even the first Ahsoka episode shows that she was force sensitive from a very young age and had abilities that no one else had. And mm. uh, even the interaction with uh, Anakin and, and her training added a lot of value there, even down to her interaction with uh, Bail Organa at the, at the start um on on coruscant but like her sitting around at a farm and doing another session of her saving this person and revealing her force powers like i don't want to be too critical but like it just it just seemed like it was it was, it was yeah it wasn't <laughs> if the show if the show was like okay 20 episodes long 20 minutes each it's nice just to kind of sit back and, and watch that but uh yeah that's at least the part that i found that that could have been um, it could have been a little bit different, and the Inquisitor at the end was even obviously very different to the Ahsoka book. I felt it was just like rushed in, like yeah, mm-hmm. here's, here's some action that we can use for content in the trailer. I don't know if I'm being overly negative with this one, but no, I, I totally, like I totally feel. I think it's, it's I think it's fair, points. right? I think it's fair to hold them accountable for this whole canon continuity because there's a lot of Star Wars fans out there that really had strong attachments to the EU, and a lot yeah. of that stuff was kind of. I don't want to say discarded, but let's say tossed in like, you know, the, the, yeah, tossed on the back burner. And well, I mean, really just tossed in the sock drawer because for a <laughs> rainy day, because I mean, it's not like they were ever going to tell more stories in the legends continuity. Right. And it, in favor of doing new stories that made their new movies make sense. But now they're putting which ironically, out. Yeah. Which ironically they did because they didn't want to hinder their writers. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But now it's, it's back in the same box again where we're getting <laughs> stories that are just butting heads and it's like, okay. I mean, really someone needs to think far enough in advance to, which is almost impossible when, when Disney comes to Dave and like, Hey, you got permission to do like a, you know, six episode mini series. What do you want to do? But then it's just a matter of trying to juggle, like, okay, what have we done so far? How do we make that, you know, make sense within what we're doing? Because it really puts into question every book and comic I've ever read. Like, was it a waste of time? <laughs> you know, like, we're talking about established canon here. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, not to be a canon freak or anything, because, like, you know, I don't want to be. But, um, but and it's just, it's just kind of weird, right? Like, I just find it, it's like... You know, it's like, come on, guys. Like, whenever I see anything like that, I enjoyed it, but it was also like, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I was, uh, I had, a, I had my, my head shaking, head nodding moments. So, yeah, which I guess, like, it leans into the like my question in general about Star Wars, and and I'm really grateful that we get so much Star Wars content these days. Yeah. But are we happy for having the quantity of Star Wars where the occasional episode either breaks previous canon or, or isn't as strong in terms of story? Or would we prefer to get less content every year and have it more kind of refined and, and I guess chiseled um, <laughs> t- towards like advancing Star Wars as, as, as a franchise in, in general? Well, I think we've seen how that's gone, at least from the exactly Lucasfilm perspective. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's like the point I'm trying to make. I hope I hope that they still remember the mistakes that that were done and they're not yeah. all bad but like i love star wars i want to keep seeing more of it i'm really glad that we got so much this week but uh and it's, it's not the, it's nothing that ended the world but you know yeah, yeah. looking forward to getting some good good quality stuff yeah that's a great that's a great note to end on here so um blake you, you got any last minute things to, to bring up um i guess i will say i Definitely enjoyed the Dooku storylines more. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the Ahsoka stuff... Well, it's other stuff we've already tried on or felt, I guess, maybe a little fluffy. Like, maybe they picked Ahsoka for the sake of it being Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dooku, I felt like there was actually a story we hadn't seen before. Yeah. Because I, I, I read the novel, so like I already knew more or less what was going to happen there, right? So that wasn't really new to me. And... Whereas Dooku uh, is, to me, something that has kind of been untapped. So if they do more, I would hope that they, again, pick kick, pick characters that are maybe more in line with Dooku of stuff that we've just never seen, but have kind of always wanted. Like, yeah. maybe we get like a Plagueis thing going on here with Emperor Palpatine. That'd be pretty good. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. Um, and I'm looking forward to chatting about those, those Dooku episodes as well with you guys. So... Um, yeah, the Ahsoka one, I, you know, I hate to say it, but it may have been 
from a marketing standpoint, we got a live action yeah. show coming out next year. Let's integrate so, yeah. Ahsoka into people's lives in a real quick highlight reel. Bang, there you go. Right. It was good trailer material. In yeah. The yeah. Oh, I really maybe maybe that's why. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but maybe they needed to explain what happened to her in like after Revenge of the Sith because it's gonna have something to do with what's happening in the live action mm -hmm. show. Yeah, maybe. For sure. Yeah, I, I really hope that we get a whole season of Bail Organa <laughs> tricking clone troopers in the end. <laughs> I, want, I, I want more of that. <laughs> yeah, I just hope that, yeah, more specifically, he has to seem like he's just like getting old and his mind's going. Kind of hey, I'm, I'm still around. crazy. I'm still waiting yes. for more chapters of the Calrissian Chronicles. So, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, fellas. We'll, uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We'll see you out there. Keep flying. All right, and to uh, all the listeners out there, a quick message from Anakin Skywalker. This is Anakin Skywalker calling, and you're tuning into the best podcast in the galaxy, Star Wars Escape Pod. All right. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for tuning in, and a uh, big thank you to Blake and Kirk for joining us this week. Looking forward to getting into that Dooku story very soon. And of course, episode nine of Andor. Be sure to keep tuning into Star Wars Escape Pod. Share the show with a friend and drop a five-star review. That'll help us out a lot. May the force be with you.